Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Actually, happy Monday, everyone. Oh, man, it's Monday. It's a fresh start to this week, and I can't wait to see what this week has in store for me. And hopefully, you know, you guys have a great rest of the week as well, too. You know, I know I had a great weekend. I enjoyed these great fights. I enjoyed the third and final fight between Wilder and Fury, and that's what we're going to talk about in just a moment because that was an epic fight. That was an epic fight to, to conclude the trilogy that we most anticipated for. Because right now, boxing is fun to watch. It's, it's great to be a boxing fan. And this fight really put a stamp down as to why we should be boxing fans or a fight fan in general. But remember last week how I told you guys I wanted to go watch Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage? Well, I got to report back on it because that was a great movie. I enjoyed it very much. It was really worth my time and worth my money to go see it. And whether you're a comic book fan or not, you know, it's really up to you. But for me, I'm just giving back my feedback and I enjoyed the movie very much. And if you guys, you know, haven't seen it and just and are deciding whether or not, I would I would suggest you guys go check it out. I'll give it a big thumbs up. And I look forward to seeing uh, what the future has in store for Venom. You know, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but... I, you know, just just by the looks of it, I think they're gonna be uh, plenty of other more Venom movies in the new future. But that's pretty much it, guys. But you know, aside from that, like you know, like I mentioned, this past week, this past weekend, you know, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury to conclude their epic trilogy in this last and final chapter of of their epic saga. I mean, at least for now, it's a trilogy. At least for now. This is their third and final fight. But who knows? Maybe somewhere down the line, we will get a fourth fight. Who knows? <clears throat> just depending just depending on, you know, if, if it makes any sense. But for right now, this is their third and final fight. This fight had to happen. There was a lot of questions surrounding the, the their second fight between Wilder and Fury. So this third and final fight, fight had to happen because... The first fight was a draw. Second fight, the um, Wilder's uh, trainer Mark Breland threw in the towel. So that was that was controversial. I mean, it wasn't controversial, but to Deontay Wilder, it was controversial, and he believed that throwing in the towel shouldn't have happened. And you know, he betrayed him and he turned his back on him. And so that's one of the reasons why. So even though you know we watched the, you know we watched the fight and we see Deontay you know Tyson Fury, you know kicking uh, Deontay Wilder's ass in the second fight. It's even though like that did happen, Deontay Wilder had plenty of excuses to make. He had like about 10 excuses that he made. He blamed it on his trainer. He blamed it, you know, for uh, someone spiking his, uh, his, his water. He, you know, he said he had the flu. He said, you know, he had a, his leg was injured and, he blamed it on like a, a lot of like just a lot of stuff. Like he couldn't accept the fact that he lost to Tyson Fury, and and so he you know he really wanted this rematch more than anyone at this point, and he was going to avenge his rematch to show that their second fight was a fluke and he did not win, and he believed he won the first fight, and uh, that's a toss up. You know that was a close fight, but ultimately it was considered a draw. But the second fight. Deontay Wilder just didn't think that he lost. And this third fight was, you know, this third fight was going to prove everything as to as to what Deont- Deontay Wilder was saying. 
because you know it's like it's like this was a personal fight for Deontay Wilder. There was there was a lot of bad a lot of bad blood going into this fight. A lot of animosity coming from Deontay Wilder. You know Deontay Wilder just doesn't like Tyson Fury, and he just wants to he just wants to hurt him. And he said it many times before in the press conference and interviews that that he just wants to hurt Tyson Fury. But yet Tyson Fury just looks at this as a sports. He looks as as this as a competition, and he doesn't feel the same way as Deontay Wilder. He just wants to beat the man. He just wants to beat Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder is one of the best fighters, one of the best heavyweights out there, and that's all he wants. That's all he wants to prove. Nothing more, nothing less. And yet, <clears throat> Deontay Wilder just can't stand the fact that he lost to Tyson Fury. I mean, he doesn't believe he lost, according to him. You know, he just can't give the benefit where the benefit is due. So this this third fight had to happen. You know, and on top of that, like, uh, you know, even though you know, right now we just witnessed an epic trilogy between two great fighters fighting in the prime of their life. This is the prime of Tyson Fury's career, and this is the prime of Deontay Wilder's career. And the fact that we're getting it right here, right now, in this day and age, is special. Especially because we get to witness, you know, like you know, we we're, we get to witness the two of the very best square off and compete against one another. Just like you know, you know, this this wasn't one of those fights where when both fighters were over the hill and it just it, you know. And and then it, it came into fruition. No, 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 no. This this fight, you know, is happening right right now, at this time in this day and, day and age. And we're lucky to 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 watch this. And so the third and final fight was everything as what we could expect it. It was an exciting fight between two great heavyweights. You know, it was it was a hard fight for both of these men. You know, and. Deontay Wilder was making some big adjustments going into this fight. He fired his last trainer, Mark Breland, and brought in uh, Malik Scott, a former foe that he defeated many years back, back in March of 2014, when they fought on the undercard of Danny Garcia versus Mauricio Herrera. And and this was right before this was before Deontay Wilder was heavyweight champion. He was, you know, this was Malik Scott, after he defeated Malik Scott, it was someone else afterwards, and then it was Bermain Stavern, in which he won. But, you know, at the time, you know, he uh, he fought his trainer, Malik Scott, and knocked him out. I think it was in the first round or so. And I can remember that time perfect, perfectly clear because at that time, I was boxing. I, I did boxing for a few years, and at the time, I was uh, working out at uh, Tenku's Boxing Gym down in Van Nuys, California, and Malik Scott... He was training there. He was training under the trainer by uh, Joe Goosen. So he was training with Joe Goosen. And he was, at the time, he was there getting ready for Deontay Wilder. And it was just cool. It was, it was cool to see that, you know, to experience that. And uh, if I can, you know, you know, what I could take away from that was that I remember seeing Malik Scott coming to the gym every day in a bathrobe. For some odd reason, he came in a bathrobe and, and some hat. And he he would, he would just like jump rope and he would spar and then he would just hit like the double end bag and a speed bag and that was pretty much it. That was just what he was training was like going into uh, Deontay Wilder. But he's a really cool guy. I like Malik Scott and I have nothing bad to say um, about him. But going into this, you know, going into this third 
Tyson Fury fight, that's who Deontay Wilder brought in, Malik Scott. So, I mean, from the training, some of the training clips that they posted, you know, Deontay, you know, Malik Scott, I mean, you know, was seemed as though they were working really hard. I know Malik Scott, once when he came on to Deontay Wilder's team, he wanted to bring out a side that the world hasn't seen yet of Deontay Wilder. He saw stuff in Deontay Wilder that he wanted him to use a lot more, a lot of different tools that he has, but that he just never uses. And so that's what Malik Scott wanted to bring. And they've been working very hard to improve him as a fighter. And so I believe that because in the first fight, I mean, in the first in the first two rounds of their of their fight, you can see like Deontay Wilder just you know doing something different. He was like jabbing to the body, he's jabbing to the body. It looked as though that he was trying to set him up with something because he just kept going down there. So I mean, th- this this was really personal for Deontay Wilder, and and this was it. So all this training and all this all this talking and not really putting too much energy as to, as to him saying what he's going to do to Tyson Fury, he was ready to show it. And if you go back and watch the press conferences, he's he's a lot different. He's just more calm. He's more just not trying to exert the energy, not trying to talk, not trying to say like what he's going to do. You know, he's just he's just like I'm just going to show you, and and stuff like that. While Tyson Fury is just being the same, he's just being himself and and stuff like that. So in some sort of way, like I mean, yeah, some sort of way, like it's like he didn't have to do it. You know, he could have just continued to just be the same or whatever, but I, that's what he chose. So, I mean, this fight was just a really great fight. If you just, you know, from, from the beginning to the end, it was just, was just fascinating. And <clears throat> like I said, and these two fight, these two fighters are world-class boxers. They're, they're the world-class boxers. And, you know, as, as, as the fight went on and as both fighters were very tired, you know, they, they still look very good. They, they didn't get sloppy out there. They were fighting like like true warriors, like true professionals out there, and that's that's pretty impressive. And especially like for heavyweight fighters, it's a lot different sometimes because when they get tired, they get sluggish, and they just like they make they just look horrible, you know. But these two guys just prove that they're on another level, and these are world class, you know, boxers. And man, it, it was just crazy. It's just you know this fight right here just shows that. You know, like Deontay, you know, it just shows that Tyson Fury is the man because he proved it in every way, shape, or form in this fight. And he just pushed Deontay Wilder to his breaking point. You know, like, you know, on the third round, for instance, when Tyson Fury dropped Deontay Wilder, like, after that, it just seems as though, like, everything was a lot different for Deontay Wilder. You can see, like, he was, like, discombobulated afterwards. He just wasn't the same. And he was hurt. And it just showed throughout the whole entire fight. I believe that knocked out, that knock knocked down in the third in the third uh, round. I believe that was a game changer for Deontay Wilder. But even though you know, like he was hurt and and you know he tried to stay composed, he tried to do his absolute best. You know, he tr- he showed himself as a true warrior. Like <clears throat> he wasn't gonna quit whatsoever. You know, but that still makes him dangerous though, just because. He's hurt doesn't necessarily mean he's he's out or he's going to just quit. No, he's going to continue to fight. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was doing his absolute best to continue to fight. And in the fourth round of show, even though he's hurt and he's tired, he's still dangerous because 
He is capable of knocking out any any man with one punch, as shown many times before. <clears throat> and just like in the fourth round, that's where he just, you know, even though he was hurt, he almost did that. He knocked down Tyson Fury two times in that round. Two times in that round. And he was hurt and he was beat he was beat up. And so and and the thing was within the with, with the fourth round, there was some controversy. Well, I, I don't know if it's controversy just yet, but it, when Tyson Fury was knocked down, Andre Ward made a comment at the end of the round that it was a long count. It was a long ten counts. And I, I think someone posted something online that from what it seemed it was like a fourteen count. But it was never acknowledged you know, during the fight, but this is what people have said afterwards. But Andre War, he's you know, I love him, man. Andre War, he's a, he's he's one of my favorite boxers, and he's a credible analyst. And he that's something that he pointed out was the fact that that was a long ten count, you know. And if if that was true, if that is a long ten count, then it really puts a damper on this fight because if that is true, then pretty much. Deontay Wilder should be the winner of this fight instead of Tyson Fury, right? I mean, can we agree whatsoever? Because if, if that was if that was true, if that was, you know, allegedly a 14 count or a long count, then Deontay Wilder should be victorious in this fight, you know? But as far as that goes, I mean, the fight, you know, they, they you know, nothing was said Afterwards in that fight in regards to that and for the rest of the fight it was just pretty much Tyson Fury it was just Tyson Fury just having his way and <clears throat> as the fight moves on Tyson Fury is just bringing the fight to Deontay Wilder, Wilder literally he's just you know pressuring him and just roughing him up you know, just boxing him, just, you know, throwing punches. Like, he's just wearing him out a lot more just with that pressure and stuff. And so when you when you watch, like, Deontay Wilder, he's just, like, loading his punches. I think it, from the get-go, too, you just could see, like, in the beginning of the fight, he's just, like, loading his punches. Like, you could see them coming in some sort of way. Especially right now, you know, I think with anything, you know, if anything he can get, if you can get a knockout, then so be it right now because he's at this point where, you know, he's just going to crumble because he just looks bad, literally. Like, as as the rounds move on, Deontay Wilder just looks broken. He just looks hurt. And and the fight can just, you know, stop at any time. Literally, he looks hurt. He just looks like, you know, he's been in a, he's just been in a fight. And, you know, so, like, if you can get a knockout, dude, that would have been perfect. But, you know, Tyson Fury just avoid all that, you know. And even though Deontay Wilder was hurt, he still has some success. It was a few rounds where he just, you know, he unloaded with some punches, with some with some combinations, you know. But he, he still tried. He was still in the fight, you know. And this was one of those fights where as as bad as he looked, as hurt as he looked out there, he was he was going to go out on the shield. And if you heard him previous time, how he said, you know, when, when his uh, former coach, Mark Breland, threw, the, threw in the towel that he didn't want that to happen and, you know, he wanted to go out on the shield. Well, it looked as though he was going to go out on his shields because he looked, you know, he looked badly beat up and, you know, and he was just, he was just going to go out on his shields. He wasn't going to quit. He just, you know, the only way to stop him is by, is by knockout or whatever. And he showed his uh, true heart. He showed the true champion that he was and he, you know, stayed in the fight, you know, but the rest of the fight was all Tyson Fury and this, and 
you know, at the at the eleventh round, that's when Tyson Fury, you know, came for the victory and knocked him out. And that was that. So that was a great fight. You know, except you know, instead of like having to hear it from me, you guys should just go check out check it out yourselves because I know it's out there. You can find it, it's out there. So I mean for me that was a that was a great epic fight because in this day and age we got two of the very best colliding and we had a trilogy you know one 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 wants to fight the other no one is hiding you know no one is like you know dodging anyone now these guys are like you know what let's fight each other and and they're down for it so <clears throat> we we were in store to a really great heavyweight fight a really great trilogy one of the best in boxing history and modern in modern day in boxing too so you know when we look when we look at these at these fights after you know after we look at this fight it's just kind of like you know how is Deontay Wilder going to perceive this loss I mean you know I think history is going to repeat itself it seems though that he's going to probably have a ton of excuses you know because going into this fight you know I guess like there was just a lot of like like a lot of other stuff going on too you know I think the day before the fight that his team didn't like the gloves that Tyson Fury was going to use. They they thought like they didn't have any padding or so, and they didn't want him to use the type of gloves. So there's just a lot of stuff that that is going on, and I believe Deontay Wilder, you know, will make will make it as you know some sort of excuse for him. You know, I don't know. I mean, the last time he had he had like about ten excuses. Maybe this time he might have like twenty or thirty. You know, who knows? You know, but I just don't see how. How, how hard is it just to say like you know what I lost I lost fair and square to the better man Tyson Fury it's not that hard you know and and the fact that he makes he keeps continuing to make all these excuses you know it just kind of you know pits it, it just kind of I can't help but feel sorry for him because he's just this great fighter and he looks like a sore loser literally a sore loser by just making all these excuses and the fans us fans you know we hate that. We don't want to see that. We, you know, we what we want to see is, you know, just you just be straight up say, you know, you lost to the better man. Because I bet if Tyson, if he beat Tyson Fury, I bet Tyson Fury would be like, you know, I, you know, I lost to Deontay Wilder. I tried my best. Congratulations. I think he will be, you know, man enough and and stuff like that to to admit his loss. You know, but I just don't see why Deontay Wilder, you know. Um, just can't accept the fact that he lost to Tyson Fury, but you know, I mean, he did come out and say that um, he did acknowledge his loss in a way. He said that you know Tyson Fury fought his fight, he leaned up against me and and stuff like that. You know, he but it wasn't really a big statement. You know, he hasn't really said anything extravagant to the contrary of his you know recent loss. But I don't know, man. But you know, hopefully Deontay Wilder can man up and just you know just. Um, you know, admit that his, you know, his defeat, because I know after the fight, Wilder, I mean, Fury went over to Wilder's corner and just, and tried to like, you know, like shake his hand or stuff like that. But, you know, Wilder refused. He just like, I'm not going to do that. It's just, come on, man. Like be a good sportsman. Don't be, don't be a sore loser. That's, that's being a sore loser. You know, a lot of, you know, you can't win any fans with that. No one's not going to respect you after that. I mean, we could respect you you know, for everything that you've done, but it's just like, you know, we'll respect you a lot more if you were just a true man about your defeat, you know, because Deontay Wilder didn't lose to anyone. I mean, he lost to Tyson Fury. 
he lost to someone that you know that is great you know one of the best guys out there he didn't lose to a nobody you know if he lost to a nobody then yeah I will say so I would think you know why not make and make up some excuses you know but that wasn't the case you know he he lost to he lost to the man he lost to Tyson Fury and like I said in the beginning of this podcast I mentioned that you know, as far as we know, I mean, this is a trilogy right now. We, you know, we, they concluded the trilogy and who knows, maybe down the line, there'll be a fourth fight. And when I say that is because maybe in some sort of way, Deontay Wilder will, you know, campaign for a fourth fight. Maybe like, you know, just, just who knows, like he did with the second fight, he campaigned for the third fight and he got the third fight. Maybe he's going to campaign for a fourth fight until he beats Tyson Fury. You know, but overall, this was this was a great fight, you know, and there's bigger and better things coming for Tyson Fury. And I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm a fan. I'm going to continue to watch. You know, like I said, this is a great time to be a fan of boxing. This is a great time to be a fight fan, you know. And so we just, you know, this was a great fight. Like, I'm going to rewatch it later today. It was just that damn good. It was just very it was it was fun watching the live but you know what i'm just i want to watch it again to just kind of like you know just revisit that but <clears throat> i mean what do you guys think who who do you guys were going for were you guys going for tyson fury were you guys going for deontay wilder and where were you at for this fight because this is like one of those fights where it's like where were you when this happened right you know for me i was i was chilling at the pad i was watching at the pad you know, so that's where I was, but yeah, guys. I mean, where do you guys rank this trilogy amongst the other great trilogies we we have? You know, I mean, I believe this is one of the best trilogies that we have in modern in modern combat sports history. You know, I mean, there's a few that I can name, but you know, all, all, but the rest of them are are like an MMA or so. But this is just boxing. I think in boxing, this is probably one of the best out there, you know, so <clears throat> we were treated to something special and yeah, as fans, we, you know, we should be lucky. So yeah, moving on. Oh man, guys, guys, guys. So if you thought that was an epic fight between Wilder and Fury, well, brace yourself for UFC 268 on November 6th at Madison Square Garden when we get to see the rematch between Kamaru Usman and Kobe Covington for the World's Westway Championship. I can't wait for that fight. I'm really anticipating that belt because the first one was very close and Usman was able to retain the belt. So, I mean, the whole fight card is stacked from top to bottom. From the first card, from the first fight to the main event is just stacked and I just can't wait to watch it. <clears throat> but what I'm anticipating the most is the co-main event between Zhang Guili and Rose Namahunas. And that fight's gonna be epic. That fight's gonna be good. Okay, well, okay. So my 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 initial thoughts when that fight was announced was I thought Rose is gonna take it. I think it's gonna be the same result. I thought Rose is gonna take it, you know. But now my mind is now my opinion has shifted because recently Zhang Wei Li was uh, seen in Arizona training with Henry Cejudo, and that's what changed my opinion the most because. She's out there in Arizona training with Henry Cejudo, and that's a big game changer to her and her training. 
the fact that she she's flying out of her comfort zone to go to Arizona and train with one of the best in Henry Cejudo to most likely improve her wrestling. I would have to say because Henry is a you know is an Olympian and stuff like that, and and he used you know he's a very su- successful wrestler. So I would assume that she's going out. She went out to Arizona to train with him for his uh, for his wrestling skills. And I, I kind of see like Henry Cejudo as like the Andre Ward of MMA because all these fighters, you know, want their opinions and want to learn from them because they're the master of the craft. And that's kind of like what Henry Cejudo has become. So Zhang Wei Li is training with Henry Cejudo, and that and that just blows my mind because it's like man, like now. You have that as a factor as to how the the fight can change. I mean, as as good as Rose Namahuna is, I you know she's one of my favorite fighters, and um, whatever the fight, if the fight stays standing, you know she could do really well on the stand up. If the fight goes to the ground, she could do real real well on, you know off her back. So whichever way the fight goes, I could see Rose Namahuna is doing real well, but. You know, with Zhang Wei Li training with Henry Cejudo, that just, you know, that's just really cool. I, it shows how serious that she is and how much she wants to win. How she's willing to take herself out of her own comfort zone to train with one of the best guys out there. So, <clears throat> I wonder how her, like, how her performance is gonna is gonna look. You know, come November six, UFC two sixty eight, will we see like a big transition? Will we see like a big difference in in Zhang Wei Li? Because I would think so. I would think if you're training with Henry Cejudo, you're going to learn a lot of good stuff. And I believe that your wrestling skills will improve a lot. So it's only a matter of time. I can't wait to see what happens. And like I said, if, in my opinion first, I said I said my pick was for Rose. But now I'm just kind of like, man, you know what? This is actually a toss-up. Who knows how, how John Wei Lee is going to be. You know, this like I said, is a game is a game changer, and we will have to see come November six. So speaking of the devil, Henry Cejudo, Triple C, he wants to come back. He wants to fight Alexander Volkanovski for the belt, or Alexander the Average, as he refers to him. He wants to fight him. So I mean, but at this point, it's up to Dana White. It's up to Dana White to decide. If he wants to make that fight happen, because along the line, there's a lot of greats, you know, there's a lot of great featherweights in the division that that he that he's just gonna pass on, you know, pass on up. So that's up to Dana White if he's if he wants to do that, because I think it'll be a great fight, Henry Cejudo versus Alexander Volkanovski. Why not? You know, like Henry Cejudo is great. He, he believes that he doesn't need to climb up the ladder because of all of his accomplishments that he that he's made in the octagon and he should just fight for the belt. If, if it's not against Alexander Volkanovsky, he wants to fight for the most money. If they do ever decide to bring him back, he wants to fight for the most money. you know so that's that's pretty much that sounds like all like all the fighters nowadays today they want to fight for the most money. they want that money fight, you know so, but for Henry Cejudo, he believes that he can defeat Alexander Volkanovsky. And he's willing to throw himself back in the USADA testing pool. So that pretty much takes like six months. So you, so you got to be in the USADA's testing pool for six months before you can fight. So he has a long way to go before it can happen. But I believe I believe you could do it. You know, why, why wouldn't, like, you know, why wouldn't um, this fight 
not happen. I mean, I could see it happening. Like right now, it's like it's one of those things. He's in this position because Henry Cejudo's retired, right? So, I mean, if he if he does come out of retirement, Dana White, you know, hypothetically speaking, if he does make this fight happen, and he brings and Henry Cejudo comes out of retirement, and hypothet- hypothetically speaking, he defeats Alexander Volkanovski. So, what happens afterwards? Where, where, where does where does Henry Cejudo go? Does he just win the belts and then vacate the belts and then go back into retirement like the George St. Pierre situation? You know, it's one of those situations where it's kind of like a toss up because we don't know what's going to happen. It's like when George St. Pierre, when he retired and then when he came back out of retirement to fight Michael Bisping for the middleweight championship, he, he made a commitment. He said he was going to fight Robert Whitaker, who was the number one contender you know, for, uh, for for the winner of that fight, and he was going to fight, he was supposed to fight Robert Whitaker, but he didn't do that, and right after he won, he just vacated the belt, that pissed off Dana White, and it pissed off a lot of people, because they had high hopes for him in the middleweight division, so is it going to be a scenario, like something like that, where, where Henry Cejudo is going to do, like pull a George St. Pierre, you know, like who knows, I mean, like, I think, I think Henry Cejudo is more credible, I think he's more a stand-up guy, and he will, be, I mean, Henry, I mean, George St. Pierre is a you know stand-up guy too, but I mean, it seems as though like he wants to fight, but he's not so sure. I mean, only if it makes sense, you know. But it's just one of those situations where Dana White's in this position where he's just he has to think about the business first. He's got to think about the fans first because, to be honest, I would be I, I would as a fan I would be disappointed if if he wins the belt and then he retires. It's like what's the point of doing that? It's, it's, it's like for your own ego just to say you can beat the champion hey I'm this retired fighter and I can go out and I can beat the champion you know it's like it's like one of those things it's more for the ego hopefully hopefully I could be wrong and hopefully it's not about that hopefully if that fight does happen he can you know win loser you know win loser draw whatever we can still probably see Henry Cejudo continue fighting it just depends it's just one of those things where you know, Dana, Dana White's got to protect the business, you know, because if he wins and then vacates the belt, then guess what? The belt's vacated, and then you're going to have to have more contenders, like, fighting for for the belt. It's just, it, it makes it more complicated, you know? And so, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, that's what's going on with Henry Cejudo, you know, and the landscape with, with the UFC. Like, what do you guys think? Is that something you guys want to see? Do you want to see Triple C come out of retirement to dethrone Alexander the Average? Or you guys would just want to continue to see him, you know, retired and don't really care, don't really pay too much attention? Because I don't know. I mean, like I said, I would like to see him come out of retirement. That'd be dope. Oh, man. We're still not done, guys. So right now is Monday morning here in Los Angeles. So right now there's a report that that just came out that Chuck Liddell has been arrested for domestic violence. And right now he's sitting in a jail cell here in Los Angeles and his bail set for $20,000. So the so the report says that uh, the, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department received a call and they went to Liddell's house and the alleged victim happens to be his wife. So I guess it was a, a like a verbal argument that turned physical. That's what the report says. And as far as that goes, that's the only thing that that has been said. I guess his wife is fine. 
She didn't need any medical attention. But right now, I guess he was arrested on spot, and right now he's sitting he's sitting in jail. So it's crazy it's because a few weeks back, John Jones was the most famous one, and he was arrested for domestic violence against his wife. So it's just kind of one of those things. It's just like, you know, what's happening here? Like, why why are these, you know, fighters, these professional fighters are turning up in jail? Like, you're seeing their, you know, their mugshots everywhere. Like, Dylan Danis, you know? It's just crazy. It's like... What's going on here? Are they like at the breaking points where they just want to beat their wives or something like that? But I mean, as far as this goes, like I mentioned, this is only allegations, so we can only take it for what it is. And and it's coming. It's 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 very surprising, especially for Chuck Liddell, because he seems like a really cool guy. He seems like a cool husband and a cool father, and I wouldn't expect that from him. So I wonder what happened, and I'm quite I'm very curious as to to figure out, you know, what else is going to come about it, you know, because especially in the MMA community, no one likes a woman beater. That's the last thing that people like. I mean, that's one thing that people just doesn't like is a woman beater. You know, we look down upon that stuff. You know, a guy, you know, beating up under woman, a guy's much stronger than a woman. And for and especially for a fighter, especially being a trained professional and, you know, you're physically you know, assaulting or you're physically, you know, attacking, you know, your significant other, that's, that's a big, that's a big no-no. And a lot of people don't like that, especially like Derek Lewis. He didn't like Travis Brown because it was alleged that he was a woman beater. You know, you could even, you know, he said, he said a few times himself. So I don't know uh, what to, what to think of this other than, you know, these are just alleged allegations, but if there's any more any more new information that's going to come out about it, you guarantee that your boy here is going to inform you on everything, just like I did with the John Jones. And so, yeah, guys, I'll let you know when when uh, any further news comes out. But I'm going to end this podcast right now. But before I leave, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the podcast epic fight discussions you need to hear by your boy mike yams yes i said it your boy mike yams and stay tuned guys i have a lot of great content that i'm gonna upload pretty soon so subscribe to the podcast turn your notifications on so you'll be notified anytime that i upload and i can't wait for the new content that i'm gonna upload i feel like it's it's some good stuff some good entertaining stuff that you guys would like to hear and I just can't wait. So I'm also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And oh yeah, by the, by the way too, guys, I'm also on YouTube. So if you guys want to check out the YouTube YouTube channel, feel free to do so. I would like to hear you guys's, you know, see you guys there and hear your comments and stuff like that. And I'm also on Instagram, so don't forget to follow me on Instagram. So if you want to if you guys want to follow me, it's going to be epic underscore fights underscore discussions underscore MMA. That's my Instagram, guys. And th- like I mentioned, guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Stay tuned. I have a lot more in store. And until then, see ya.